that relationships identity plays such a huge role in our lives. Like, you know, all those different relationships that I mentioned, but also in the way that we um, interact or, or go about our day-to-day lives. Because if we have good mm-hmm. relationships, we tend to be happier and healthier. But, you know, if that area of our life is impacted, I think like all other areas of our life are also impacted. Hello, everyone. This is Ivan. Han and Shan, and we are back with a brand new season of the Malaysians Abroad podcast. Alright, so last season, season one, we got to explore how our guests from all around the world took their leaps of faith. And from those conversations that we've had, we've identified some really interesting themes that we wanted to explore a little deeper, you know, and take it a little further. So... This season, we're coming in hot with a new theme of relationships and identity. Very exciting. And to kickstart this episode, um, my first question to kind of get the ball rolling to you girls is, what stories are we interested to tell and why relationships and identity as our theme this year? I think for me personally, when I was thinking about my personal journey in the States, a lot of my ups and downs were because I either was struggling with my identity or with my relationships with people, or my family, you know, loved ones, myself. So I think that relationships and identity play such a huge role in our lives. Like, you know, all those different relationships that I mentioned, but also in the way that we um, interact or, or go about our day-to-day lives. Because if we have good relationships, we tend to be happier and healthier but, you know, if that area of our life is impacted, I think, like, all other areas of our life are also impacted. Yeah, especially, I think, when you're living abroad also. Mm-hmm. Um, having people around you and having community just really grounds you. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say, I feel like being abroad, your relationships with people back home also start to change while mm-hmm. you're building these new relationships yeah. and having to navigate through both can be challenging so I'm really excited to hear um, a lot of the new stories that we will be hearing from Malaysians abroad whether they are currently abroad or they were abroad and they have um, transitioned back to a life in Malaysia yeah and I think relationships and identity really intertwine with each other as well like we mentioned in our finale episode last season for some people you know their relationships impact their identity like the way they view themselves for others their identity or like their sense of self might play a role in their relationship so i i'm really interested in hearing how that plays out for different people of different ages and different sexual identities as well i think that's something that's really huge Um, Mm. and yeah just like how that all impacts their life abroad too and each one of these stories is going to be super subjective because everybody has a different Um, experience right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and even in relation to the theme of uh, relationships people tend to think about relationships very one-dimensionally meaning like either platonic relationships or romantic relationships but we are also going to explore a lot of different kind of kinds of relationships like your relationship with work or your relationship with you know finances so stay tuned we are very excited to share all of these stories with you before i guess before we go into like the nitty-gritty details of the this episode let's start off with um something that we haven't done before on the podcast 
a rapid fire session <laughs> between all the three hosts. So how this would work is we each have about three questions and we will take turns asking them. And it's going to be like a this or that or mm-hmm. would you rather kind of question, uh, question or... Or yay or nay questions. We didn't, we didn't come with questions actually. All three of us just like came up with random ones. So hopefully we don't have same questions. All right. Are you all ready? Okay. Yes. Would you rather... Ready. Would you rather, on a first date, fart really loudly but got no smell, or burp very softly but have like terrible smell? Oh my god. <laughs> okay, I, I know my answer. <laughs> oh man, this is hard. Yeah, Why oh, you put me in a situation like this? <laughs> <laughs> That's the fun of it. This is rapid fire. This is not rapid at all. Your fire very slow. Okay, okay, okay. Do we want to do Do we want to okay. do three, two, one answer or? I think we tried it the last time. It didn't really work, right? No. Okay, but I have my answer already. Okay. okay. Burp. Oh, same. Burp. Why la? Then it's burp softly, but the smell is bad because depending on at least for me la, depending on where you are on the date, right? If it's outside, then you can just like play it off and be like, "Oh my gosh, what's that smell?" And then they don't know it's me, you know? Yeah. I also can yeah. Like, hey, do you hear that? You know, like, what was that? Or something. But okay, okay. Yeah. And then they'll be like, sounded like came from you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's, that's my answer too. Yeah, all same. Okay. Ha. Next one. Would you rather go body painting or skinny dipping with your family? Mm. Do we yeah. answer once we have the answer? Yes. I think body I would painting. go skinny dipping. For me. Oh, why? I don't know. Skinny dipping a bit weird, huh? <laughs> body painting at least like body painting at least like yeah I got, got cover up you know like the paint is the cover up I don't have to like exactly see them fully naked oh, the water is the cover up in skinny dipping then you only see you only see your head after that well that's, that's for me anyway. true. but I've never gone skinny dipping me neither I mean me I haven't neither. gone body painting either but I just thought that was like a fun question <laughs> alright Last one, a bit chim. Would you rather be in a relationship that you love the person, but the person doesn't love you back? Or vice versa, where you don't love the person, but the lo- person loves you a lot? Oh man, I have my answer, but it's going to sound so selfish. <laughs> that means I know your answer already. <laughs> la. Yeah. For me to not love the person, but the person to love me back. Yeah, the same. Because I don't want to be in that situation, you know? Yeah, the same. Then how? The other person? So sad. So your answer was the other way around? Yeah. Interesting. Why why did you choose that? I think I would feel too guilty if I was in a relationship that like I knew that I had no feelings. I feel like I would be unhappy, you know? Like if I if I was a person that loved but the person didn't love me back, I guess at least in my conscience I'm trying or I'm like, you know, doing my part to make the other person happy and Maybe it's also because for me, right, I like want to be a people pleaser sometimes. So that part plays into this. Mm. No, like, I think I'll still be sad either way. La, but yeah. Mm. Great questions. Yeah. Very prov- very thought-provoking. Especially the first one, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Gonna go next? Okay. okay. My three questions are yay or nay questions, okay? All right. Okay. My first yay or nay question. Public displays of affection. Nay. Nay. Mm. I would be, to the extent 
like I mean not super gross out kind of PDA is a yay like I don't mind hugs outside mm. yeah or holding hands outside hugs and holding hands is okay like I would do that outside too yeah Mm. I'm not for those people that you know uh, when you go on the escalator and they're like right in front of you and they're like making out like hello it's just one uh. escalator it's just like five seconds you don't have to do that god god oh my gosh what? especially in like like Queens Bay uh, Gernia, always hey yo like hmm? if you want or like amusement park lines oh, like man. it's very specific but I feel like because they're like on a date and then they're like lovey-dovey and then like a lot of things happen like I've seen someone like grab someone's ass Oh man! I feel like the one I usually see is like younger couples, like high school, like secondary school one. Because you know they are so like young and in love and yeah. whatever. I'm just like eh. high on infatuation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, interesting. My next question is: living with your parents or your parents-in-law after getting married, or even not getting married. Me. Nee. Uh, sorry mom sorry dad <laughs> with the caveat that short periods are okay yes short, short periods, periods of time okay. like not forever you know don't, like, don't live oh in like oh mm. then that changes the whole thing then yeah lah. if it's like forever i don't think i can do that man yeah, yeah i guess what's your that. question oh not forever no okay lah. i mean no, living with them forever. Like having breakfast, lunch, dinner with them and just being in the same house. Like housemates, housemates. Yeah, nee. Nee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not for me either. <laughs> Especially when I think if you moved abroad and or to another state even and you have your own space already, right? It's very hard to go back to living with your parents again. Yeah. yeah. Yes, all of my friends who lived independently or like live with friends here and then move back to Malaysia to live with their families or parents or like oh, I'm struggling I have no freedom yeah I think that's the same case for me also but like I said short period of time okay like right now with my parents living here for I think four months already it's been great thanks Good. mom for cooking lunch and dinner and making bread every day oh <laughs> that's, yeah, so that's nice short periods are are nice yeah. Especially after a long period of absence, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Finally, living together with your other half uh, before getting married or before deciding that you guys are steady. There's two different things. Like, if you all know you are steady already, doesn't mean you have to get married. Lah, yeah. Right? Meaning, not all, pe- not all couples want to get married. Yeah. But just kind of like stay together. Yay. I'm also yay. Me too. Yay. I think it's fine... As long as you have your own rules and boundaries set up and you both agree to it, then I think it's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. And it also helps to see whether your living styles kind of like match up with each other or if you can agree with each other's kind of like hygienic habits. Mm-hmm. It's very specific. <laughs> I'm the messy one. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks for clarifying. Yes. Welcome. Okay. That's all from me, Ivan. Okay. We are going to take a turn back to a would you rather style question oh, right. uh, my first question also involving farts <laughs> <laughs> so would you rather have a significant other with bad breath or stinky farts stinky farts stinky farts because mm. bad breath is like how you're gonna like you know be romantic 
be intimate. Yeah. Like, but it's like bad breath, but it's like stinky fart, you know? Oh. But then, I don't mind the stinky farts because those are occasional. Mm, yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I already have a partner with stinky farts, so... <laughs> 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 also happens to be the podcast number one fan. <laughs> All right, exposing. But well, yeah, I would choose the same. Uh. All yeah. right, next question: uh, Would you rather have a significant other that's ex- that has exactly the same personality as you, or the complete opposite? Complete opposite. Complete opposite keeps things fun and unpredictable. And I feel like it also challenges you to widen your perspective. Mm-hmm. If everyone, if your partner just everything also agree with you, it's like no challenge. Mm. Yep, I agree. Uh, okay, last question. Would you rather be in a bad relationship for the rest of your life or be alone for the rest of your life? Alone. Be alone. Be alone. Be alone. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot stress this more. Be alone. Yeah. <laughs> and what's the reason why you're stressing this so much? I don't know. Just, I don't know. From young, from young, I've just never thought about like having a relationship just because I'm scared that I'll be the wrong person just from experiences just knowing that mm, better off to be single than to suffer being with somebody that is wrong for you yeah yes some of my my um most depressing moments in life was because I was in a bad relationship or I was in an abusive relationship mm. so it's not worth it lah like if I had been if I was brave enough to just have left the relationship when I knew that it wasn't right for me, I think I would have saved a lot of like emotional instability, mm. which ties back to my whole identity and relationships thing. I think I was so scared to leave the relationship because I was scared to be alone because I was scared that that defined my worth. But if I had a stronger sense of identity back then and felt like, okay, I can be alone, then I would have taken that step. Mm. But I think when you're in a relationship, it kind of blinds you to other perspectives because that person is so important to you, right? So in a way, it wasn't really like entirely your, your fault or you had your own personality or identity, but at that point, it was tied to that person. Yeah, that's another thing yeah. that is definitely not great to have like your identity tied mm. in that or like in another person on how that person views you. Yeah, I think before two people decide to come into a relationship together, they have to really be happy with themselves and like have a really strong self-identity and self-esteem also so mm-hmm. that they don't affect themselves and the other person in a relationship. Yeah. I 100% agree. Actually, I'm curious. Do you all remember your first relationships? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I do. But then all those I just discredit or discount because... So puppy love. Yeah, that's true. But even then, it's like the innocence of like a first relationship. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, Wait, but when one? was your first puppy love relationship? 15, 16? Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hannah's are calculating. I mean, there's there's the crushes that never like reciprocate, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then there's those that do. And I'm I'm thinking about the 16-year-old one. Uh, okay. And then there's those that pursue you and keep chasing after you even though you keep saying no, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hannah, this is going on Spotify, you know? <laughs> you read, have you ever had an experience like that where the person keeps on pursuing you? Mm, somewhat, yes. Um, at first, it was pretty uncomfortable. So there was this one specific incident that was it made me feel very, very uncomfortable. This was in college before I came to the States. After even if I made it very obvious that like I had, don't want anything to do with him other than a friendship, it was prom season. 
and then I was driving my friend and him um, from like we I think we went to have dinner together and then we were driving back to college and then um, he told my friend hey can I have like uh, five minutes alone with Ivan I was like shit don't leave the car don't leave the car <laughs> and then and then and then yeah then after that he asked me to prom and I was like oh I didn't know what to say so I'm like uh I have someone to go with I didn't have anyone to go with I have someone to go with because <laughs> at that point like I've never rejected anyone before right and then I'm like I don't know how to reject someone and I don't want him to feel bad you know Mm. yeah so it just led to like very uncomfortable situations oh. but i i think this relates to i don't know if you guys have heard of singles inferno i've seen yes. it all over instagram yeah and like it's a korean dating reality show right mm-hmm. and there's this guy in particular that like he's trying to pursue this girl but the girl is like not into him at the beginning you know and then he like keep he kept pursuing her. I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy is so shitty. Like, how, why can't he just take no as an answer, you know? But um, uh, but in the end, like, they got together or, like, they left the show together as a couple because of his perseverance. And it's so interesting because, like, um, the Korean side of the their perspective, right, is that, like, he's very admirable for, like, going at, uh, for what he wants. And then, like, everyone was like, oh, he's so, he's so, like, uh, he's so admirable he's so cool blah, blah blah and then you see the western side of things or on tiktok at least like i don't know why it keeps popping up my tiktok for you page but um like the more international scene is like oh my gosh he's such a red flag like he can't take a hint that yeah. no is no you know so it's very interesting yeah. so i don't know maybe it's also perspectives like different cultures have different dating yeah but back to first relationships <laughs> That's a good tangent. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, Shan, for you, it was 15, 16. Yes. What do you think you learned from it? I guess I learned that you have to follow your gut instincts. Because um, otherwise, then you wouldn't learn. Like, if you keep suppressing it, and then you wouldn't know what's on the other side. So I kind of explored a little bit, and then realized that, mm, okay, I'm not going to do this again. <laughs> and then after that, I did it again a year later. <laughs> <laughs> And then I've made a mistake a few times, then only you're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, okay, no. <laughs> mm, exploration. The more I and think Ali, about when it, was yours? First puppy left, 13. Mm, 13. Mm. You went? Now. Or I didn't have those kind of puppy love. Like, seeing, seeing how people fall into puppy love relationships, right? I'm like, I don't think I want to do this right now. So, <laughs> choice, good choice. Throughout, like, yeah, I just never had the urge to date, or dating wasn't a thing that I wanted or was important to me at that point, which is very weird. Cause like now I think about it, right? Like, how come I didn't explore that side of myself? You know, when I was like in high school, mm. but I don't know, it just happened that way. Mm. You you knew what you wanted and you focused on getting it and at that time it wasn't a popular mm-hmm. relationship so good on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On one hand, like I I guess I do wish that like I did explore it a bit more, but on the other hand, I felt like I was exploring through my friends. If that makes sense. 
<laughs> like I'm like, mm, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. <laughs> was it all a little bit too dramatic? I guess not super dramatic lah. But then I'm like, what is the point of all of this? Like mm. it's not gonna, it's not gonna do, it's not gonna last or nothing's yeah. gonna come out of this, you know? Yeah. Let your friends make the mistakes and then you learn from them. Yeah. yeah. That was that was my 15, 16 year old mentality. What a good strategy. <laughs> okay. All right. But speaking about first relationships, I think the true first relationship that we all had was our relationships with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think we touched about this a little bit earlier that, you know, you have to have a good, not only a good relationship with yourself, but to really understand yourself and to be happy with the relationship with yourself. Yeah. So how do you guys keep a good relationship with yourself in current days? I won't say that I have the best relationship with myself presently. I'm trying, of course, you know, to make sure that I'm caring for myself too, but like with where I'm at right now in life, you know, caring for a new baby and um, planning a, an international relocation and trying to work up, work my way up the career ladder. Oftentimes, it's really easy to just like push myself aside, which is really ironic because I work in a mental health company that encourages you not to do that. But it's hard, right? Like it's always easier to 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 say it and to to preach it but not really easy to walk the talk yeah would you say that your relationship with yourself has changed ever since having your baby yeah yeah definitely I mean in initially it was definitely hard where I felt like oh my goodness I I don't know what I'm doing but I think it has changed for the better because I feel like I I am able to do this thing I you know I I feel that sense of empowerment and Mm -hmm. um, that new sense of identity that there's this human being that relies on me to care for them and I can do that. So I think that in that sense, it helped my relationship with myself to just reassure me that there are hard things, there are difficult things, but I can do hard things. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah you yeah. go, girl. Thanks for sharing. I think in regards to what Hannah said, it's always harder to keep a good relationship with yourself when you're in a transitional phase in, phase in life. So like for Hannah, it's you know transitioning to a new phase of being a mother but for me it was transitioning into being out of school um it's very easy to have negative self-talk when you're in a new phase in life I feel because Mm -hmm. you're so new to everything and everyone seems like they already know everything and they have everything together yeah so it's easy it's easy for me to at least tell myself that I'm not doing enough or like I'm not I'm not where I was supposed to be Mm -hmm. quote unquote but then I realized like that's one thing that you have to constantly work on to keep a good relationship with yourself, like to kind of debate with yourself almost mm. and convince yourself that, hey, you're new to this also. And other people are also kind of new in their phases of life. Right now, of course, like maybe I'm not exactly doing what I really want to do yet or I, I don't really know what relationship I want to have with myself also. But um taking steps to actively talk to myself about it and reflect and be self-aware. I think it's really important. I think like journaling helps me a lot. Same. Being honest with my feelings without bias to myself. If, if that makes sense. Like sometimes you don't yeah. want to admit like your what you're feeling, right? But mm-hmm. writing it down and just being like super honest with yourself. I think it helps to look 
at something physical like a piece of paper and see exactly what you're feeling and what you're doing yeah. and yeah that helps yeah, me I feel like my journal is also my like non-judgmental therapist that doesn't say anything back to me but I just pour out my word vomit on the papers yeah true oh also another tip go to therapy like just go to therapy it doesn't matter if you have mental health struggles or whatever just I feel like everyone should go to therapy at least once in their life yeah mm. I agree yeah it's not it's not mm. a matter of like you are sh- struggling with something or whatever but it's, it's sometimes good to just talk to someone about where you are in life and kind of figure out who you are or who you identify as and just talk to someone that has no idea who you are and has no bias towards who you are. I guess where you guys are, it's much more common and accepted to go to therapy. But then here, it's still very new, right? In Malaysia or in Asian community, going to therapy is still very stigmatized. But then, like from the experiences or at least from the stories that I've heard from people who have gone to therapy here, it kind of messes you up a little bit more than you were before you went into the session so I'm still a bit wary about it yeah I have heard that too and I think it's like the the challenge in Malaysia is that I think a lot of Mm -hmm. the Malaysian therapists at least from what I've heard and if you're a therapist or counselor listening to this this might not relate to you this is based on things I've heard from my personal friends and personal connections mm-hmm. um, but a lot of them are um, they are they're tied to tied the, to religion uh. yeah they're, they're tied to religion uh. and so it like it then becomes very biased in that sense because whatever mm-hmm. help that the therapist gives is based on their belief in their own religion especially mm-hmm. my friends in the LGBTQ community where it's already hard being themselves in mm-hmm a country like Malaysia and then when they go and seek help they're further they're, they're further like alienated and made to feel worse about who they are mm. that is but true. that is not to say that you should feel afraid to try therapy I think that a lot of times people feel that just because they've had negative experiences one or oh, I'm like all therapists are bad don't feel afraid to keep searching for one that suits your needs so keep trying yeah can should go for therapy but find a good therapist yes. it takes time like for me personally I had to go to like three different therapists before I actually found one that like I could talk to mm-hmm. um, and didn't mind talking to and nowadays I'm not sure if it's a thing in Malaysia but they're like online therapy platforms heard of those also yeah yeah I think those are really helpful if you do have it in Malaysia or if you do have it in your specific country that you're in wherever you're listening from uh, so it takes time and effort yeah so those are my tips Shan what are your tips on how to keep a good relationship with yourself uh, for me I think I'm pretty I am quite similar with both of you guys with Hannah I think I'm also pretty busy um, like super tied up that I don't have time for myself anymore I used to journal a lot like every page or every day I'll journal something and then that helps to reflect on my experiences especially when I was living abroad and then when I came back but uh, keeping in touch with people also really help I mean it helps you not to be so lonely Ivan was saying about transition and I think that's a phase that I think all three of us are in now for me, I'm transitioning into moving back to Penang, having a relationship here, and then also being surrounded by family. So yeah, big, big transitions. And then starting a new job also. 
yeah. yeah i've been watching all these ted talks that like power pose yeah <laughs> you try to cite yourself into being more confident into a room or wherever you're walking into where there are power dynamics at play mm. that actually works yeah because if you if you believe that you're confident and if you trick your mind into believing that you are powerful then mm. your the rest of your body language and your speech and all of that would follow too yeah mm-hmm. i believe that 100% i have a favorite pair of pants that makes me feel confident <laughs> it's mm. a high waisted flare brown color pants from uniqlo musket <laughs> So we talked about our relationship with ourselves. I'm also curious, what are some relationships outside of ourselves that you prioritize? I definitely prioritize my relationships with my parents. Now more so, realizing that they're getting old. Um, I prioritize relationships with my partner, for sure. And my friends, of course. Uh, whether whether they are here or whether they are abroad in another country, but also just to mention that it's easier to prioritize your friendships when you select who matters to you. Yeah, mm, I think and, that's a very important point. Hmm, and it's it's fine if that number is really small, or in fact, it's even better when that number is small. So then you can really invest in meaningful relationships with your friends. Um, instead of having like a big group of friends that you have very shallow relationships with. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. I, I agree with your point about keeping the circle small and tight, but having meaningful connections. Um, I think I prioritize my relationship with my family, for sure. Um, parents as well, since they're here. I've tried to be more proactive in reaching out to my siblings as well, who are in different countries. So make, just making sure that I'm checking in with them and stuff as much as I can, lah. I think another relationship that I have recently started prioritizing is my relationship with money and not in the sense that I want to grow wealthy, but my perception of money and the worth that I put in money. Um, Because thinking about a move and all of that, it requires a lot of money. And I feel like sometimes I get really worried, um, which is an unhealthy relationship, right? Like when you're like constantly thinking about, oh my gosh, am I going to have enough? Um, You know, what's going to happen in the next few years and stuff like that like it's it's good to plan and it's good to be financially savvy but when it becomes an obsession like that's unhealthy so I've tried to be better about my perception towards money and the way I manage it and just how much time I put into thinking about it I guess so yeah that's that's really important I feel like that's also a relationship that nobody talks about a lot but I really love your perspective on money now at least I've I guess that develops in different stages of life. I mean, I am not as in tune with my relationship with money yet. And maybe Hannah is because she's also going through different things um, in different stages of life. That definitely changes with time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I guess for me, I am... As much as I would like to prioritize my relationship with my family, I think it's really hard being abroad and for them to be so far away. Mm. So I feel like we still catch up a decent amount and they are still always like high on my priority list. But this year, I wanted to prioritize my relationship with work because previously, 
with school or whatever, like I've always tied my identity so much with work that it became a part of me. I literally lived, eat and breathed school or work. Mm. Um, and I really want to change that this year. So that's what that's one relationship that I'm trying to change. Trying to distance my uh, personal relationships and my identity with work and trying to put work as its own separate thing like I think one quote that I heard was uh, recently was you plan your uh, you plan your work around your life and not your life around your work and I'm trying to do that more because I've been doing uh, Mm. the latter so life around work Mm-hmm. I think it's much easier to kind of fall into that pattern of overwork or hustle when you are living alone or when you don't have relationships around you or like I mean free time lah. like when I was in KL I was living alone right I just rented a room and then I would go to work in the morning come back in the afternoon or near evening and then after that continue to work at night because I have nothing to do I have nowhere to go to whereas when I move back to Penang it's much harder to keep up with that schedule because now my parents are here in the same state and my boyfriend is here my aunts are here my uncles are here so then I start to um, rethink whether I still want to keep my schedule that way which is hard I'm also transitioning into that now I have like all these commitments from KL on my plate and I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> cannot, cannot do all those anymore. It's a good goal to set for yourself, lah, even. Yeah, it's good that you're aware. I think one thing to always ask yourself is like, what legacy do you want to leave behind? You know, if you're to leave the world tomorrow, do you want people to remember you as someone who was just working? Or do mm. you want that person to remember you as someone who was reaching out to them, who always cared, who always loved, mm. who was always there? Yep, that's really important. So yeah, that's what I'm trying to work on. But I really liked what you said about um, leaving a legacy. Mm. It would be deep. sad if it would be sad if like really if I die tomorrow huh, and people just remember remember me for my work like yeah yeah no I did amazing work also you know <laughs> I'm kidding I'm kidding <laughs> good perspective mm. all right so with that uh, we also talked about this a little bit before but. Our like we, I think I was the one who mentioned that um, our relationship with pe- the people around us tend to change a lot when we are abroad or when we're just far away from family. Both of you guys, since you're still in the States, have you all noticed that the relationships with the people around you, do you think that they have changed at all? Could be your family, your friends, colleagues, university friends maybe, maybe friends back home? I think for me, my relationships with my friends and family have always been decent. Like, it's pretty strong. Um, and it just transitioned into a... I don't want to say a low-maintenance because that sounds very bad, but it is a low-maintenance relationship where we don't have to, like, text every single day. But when we do talk and then, you know, we actually catch up with each other. Or this, this, this part is more for my friendships where we became more intentional with the time that we spend with each other. So mm. we would, instead of like texting every day, we would like set up calls. Okay, I'm free this day, this day. So we're going to spend like two hours to actually like catch up on our lives. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And then for my family, my mom texts me every day. So <laughs> <That's sweet. laughs> it didn't change much. 
Yeah, and it's the same with my college college friends also. Like now that I'm out of school, it becomes more intentional. We have to become more intentional about like setting up times to talk because some yeah. people went back home, some people in different states. Mm. So, yeah. That, that, that ties it back also to just choosing the people that you want to be intentional with, right? Investing your time into building that relationship with. Mm-hmm. Mm. Cool. Exactly. Thanks, Hannah. I think same. Yeah, like from high school, definitely keeping in touch with those that I feel that bring me joy, I guess, that bring me happiness. I, I also think when I, when you ask that question, one thing I was thinking about is just how much my relationship or my perception of relationships with friends here has changed over the years. Uh, when I first came, the people that I connected with were two types of people. One were Malaysians who gave me that sense of home, gave me that sense of community. And then the other side was just like people who I was able to like have fun with and could like bring me to parties and stuff. I felt, I feel like back then that was what I was thinking about in my friendships, like, oh, who can I have the most fun with? But that has changed to like, who do I, whose relationships do I feel energized by? Like now that I um, am working and have my own stuff to do and mm. all of that, like when I was working at Uniqlo, there were a lot of different, different types of people there who um, were like, oh, let's go, you know, let's go bowling, let's go eat here, let's go eat there. And I feel like had I been in that position when I first came to US, I would be like, yes, yes, let's keep up. Like, let me fill my social calendar with all these things. But at that point, I was just like, you know what? These people don't really bring me happiness. Mm-hmm. I don't feel energized by, the, by these relationships. They actually drain me. So I'm not mm-hmm. going to have to say yes to everything. So I think in that sense, my relationship has changed to be more again intentional that's like the theme of this conversation yeah. I feel uh, and yeah just ones that I actually want to be in yeah thank you both for making time for this our weekly podcast calls thank you too thank you for waking up so early it was really interesting hearing y'all's perspectives and experiences with relationships. Thank you all for sharing as well. So one thing that we are looking forward to ahead and just, just to recap whatever we talked about today is that we know that there's all kinds of different relationships with, with family, with friends, with your significant other, but also with things like work, finances, etc. So I'm really excited and I think I speak for Yvonne and Shana as well to just hear other people's stories and and all these different types of relationships. Yeah, thank you all for listening. And if you have any stories that you want to share, we are always open. We are still looking for people to interview. So just let us know. Yeah, and I guess just for our listeners, some key takeaways from um, this episode is to one, be intentional with the relationships that you build with the people around you. And that's the main one, I think, that we kept repeating over and over again. And also to prioritize not only the relationships that you want to have, but relationships with yourself. Yeah, and it's okay if that's not good yet, but as long as it's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you all for listening and stay tuned for the rest of the season. Woo!